Let, let this duly be noted that uh, Luis just said off camera, I was told I was going to be asked some questions. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, oh my God. It's like a bug. That's all you know about That's this? That's it. That's it. Do not air this on television. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Good evening. For parts of North America, the sun went out today. For a little under three minutes, the forces of darkness ruled in daylight as a great swath of shadow up to 190 miles wide cut across the continent from the coast of Oregon to Greenland. It was the last total eclipse of the sun for North America until the year 2017. That is the unmistakable voice, the voice of America, the voice of the CBS Evening News for so many years back in the day, as Howard Cosell called him one night at a Frank Sinatra concert at Madison Square Garden, Mr. Believable the one and only Walter Cronkite, 38 years ago, describing the last solar eclipse that graced the American soil. This is uh, Todd Walsh. I'm here from City Field, along with Jody Jackson. It's the uh, Jody and Todd podcast. And Jody, I'm, I'm sort of whispering because I'm hiding in the press room as the fourth and final game <laughs> of, this, of the series goes on. And I, and I hate talking in press boxes. So if I, if I go away for a while, you'll carry this for a bit, right? Oh, absolutely. You're doing a good job. We can hear you clearly, but I know that feeling. Okay. You don't want to be okay, so well, disruptive. <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, listen, I, I want to get right to the solar eclipse. I was in an Uber driving through the streets of Manhattan, watching people literally pile out of their office buildings onto the sidewalks, up onto the rooftops, looking up at, at the solar eclipse. I remember the last one. I shout out my, my earth science teacher, Pat Moriarty from Spry Junior High School in Webster, New York. 38 years ago for the contraption we built to see it. But I, I couldn't see it through the Uber because there was no sunroof. So I guess I oh. have to find out where, where were you during the eclipse this week? Well, you know, and I don't remember the, the one 38 years ago. I, 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 was too, <laughs> I was too little, I guess. I was at my son's middle school, which my daughter actually was at the elementary school. And they didn't, you know, but the middle school sent out an email like, hey, if you want to come and do this, but don't bring the glasses because we can't verify if everybody's glasses are the right ones. But, uh -huh. we, you know, so we did we did the pinhole method. Do you know what that is? So the index card. Yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. And yep, then yep. a paper in front of that. And it was kind of cool to see the crescent. But my daughter's school, the teacher bought them all the glasses or got them from somewhere. And she showed me them even later and looking at the sun. And that was really cool. I know what people saw through the glasses was really awesome. And uh, by 2024, I hope to have the glasses maybe because I went in the morning and they were all out of glasses. So... Okay. Um, and, you know, we may even want to, you know what? Buffalo is in the path, I think. So I called my of friend totality? Buffalo. I said, I believe it's Buffalo or in that Western New York area. So 2024, I called my friend and I said, we may be heading your way in 2024. <laughs> wow. I, I but, know a place in Rochester. Yeah. I'll go to, it's called Sweets Corners. And it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no city lights. I, you know, right where I'm going for the path of totality. Yeah. If yeah, I'm here in 2024. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard, but you kind of think, okay, you have seven years to get it right. Because, I mean, I, we enjoyed it. It was very cool. I, mm -hmm. I did, you know, I did, you know, I guess I expected there to be like partial darkness, but it's not, it doesn't work that way. The sun is the sun. And if there's any sun, there's light. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Did it was, you, I it don't... was awesome, though. Everybody was into it. I know the D-backs seemed pretty into it. <laughs> I saw yeah, and I'm, with Archie. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you weren't surprised that Archie Bradley was the center of it all with the five pairs of Oakley glasses, which I'm sure wasn't actually approved by any scientific no. measure, but he, but he said it worked. I don't think that was the one, two, one, three, seven approved no. NASA, no. you know, but no. probably not. No, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. I, I, I will say, though, and I mentioned my, my earth science teacher, Mr. Moriarty, 
and I did call him out on the show. And I've said his name many, many times over the years because he helped really put me in the position that I'm in today and doing a lot of the things that I do kind of brought me out of my shell. But he actually saw the open of our pregame show. And last night he sent me, um, and I, I want to say this because it's important to me, and I, I think you'll understand, and I know you can relate. He posted it on Facebook, and he's a retired teacher, a retired principal in Rochester, New York, in Fairport, yeah. my hometown. I remember and, Fairport, yep. I yes, remember covering I will, some high school football. <laughs> they're good, the Red Raiders. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw the chain of people responding to him, and it wasn't about me. It was other students that he had had along the way, other teachers that worked for him along the way that said, you shouldn't be surprised that someone 38 years later remembers what you did in the classroom. And I just wrote him a note back and said, you are my living Mr. Holland's opus because teachers matter. So that's awesome. I just wanted to remind him of that. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I mean, I it doesn't, it leaves an impression on you and it did. And I'm yes. glad that you, that's really cool that you let him know that. I'm glad you did yeah, that. Yeah. It's important to be able to do that from time to time. And Television can be a great vehicle. So, but everything else is good in your world, Jody. Everything's every, moving along, moving forward. Well, think things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Something happened this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> something happened. Oh, no. Now we had a little bit of a, you know, we had a little monsoonal activity here, but nothing crazy. Really, nothing. I mean, no high winds. You know, anything. There was lightning. So, uh-huh. you know, we lived in in this house almost fourteen years. I think it's been, and there is a huge cactus out on the front of the left side of the yard. <laughs> And it is, you you know, and people tell me, maybe, you know, you know, Todd, I really have speaking because earth science, you know, you're, you're a sports journalist, Uh you know, but maybe, you know, so I'm going to ask you a a cactus question too. Is it true that when they start to grow arms, is that how many years into the life of a cactus? I've heard it's a Uh, lot. I've heard 50 to 75 or a hundred. It it, it varies. I heard like 70. I don't, this cactus has a lot of arms and we were actually just going to have it because it's lean. It started to lean a little bit, not toward Uh the house, luckily, but you know, it's got huge arms and all of this. And this morning, my husband says, (laughs) you need to come outside. (laughs) The cactus is, is the cactus is gone, Todd. It, well, it's not it's gone. gone. Well, my, my husband wishes it was gone because it's going to be quite a cleanup. But the cactus is dead. It's on its, it's laying on its side and it's broken off like pieces of huge cr- watermelon. It almost looks like huge watermelon chunks. Like it's got this fleshy white. Oh, you know, you can yeah. See. yeah. And I'm very yeah. sad about that. But that's that's what happened You're... this morning here in my yard. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough call. Listen, I, I'm mournful for your cactus, but I, I did get uh, Joshua Tree seeds for my birthday. <laughs> I have some Ooh. left, and they take like you know a hundred years to grow. So if you want, you can have some of the jobs. <laughs> time to seeds. start anew. Yes, Godspeed to your cactus. But I, I, I do want to get to that. this game here. I'm glad you did. I, just moments ago, here Robbie Ray, for our purposes on this Thursday afternoon, just began his uh, you know his reemergence into the rotation back on the mound in the major leagues, coming off the concussion. And I don't know about you, but that first inning, I don't care how the game plays out, just that first inning alone, striking out the side. That, that was that was just a reminder of, of what this team has in its arsenal now moving forward, wasn't it? It was, it was and I mean, he just looked like he had never missed a beat, and um, that was great to see. He's such a big part of this team, and how do you, you know, you can't expect to, you know, lose him not only every fifth day, but just mm-hmm. what you know you're going to get every fifth day. It, hurt, it hurts a team when you lose that. So um, it was good to see, though, the team take a lot of precaution with him because I think now he's back at full mm-hmm. strength, and – and what they're going to be able to do um, this next really long string of NL West opponents and mm-hmm. crucial games against against uh, 
you know, the Giants, Colorado, and, and the Dodgers that, you know, Robbie's going to be a big part of that. I wanted everyone to hear, if they didn't see it on the pregame show, I'd get a sense of part of what you're just talking about. I talked to pitching coach Mike Butcher before his start about what he expected from Robbie and if there was any trepidation from anyone, including Robbie, about him getting back out on the mound. Here's Mike Butcher. Will you say anything or address just that the first moments on the mound, there has to be a little trepidation in his mind, or maybe not, because the one thing I liked about what he said the other day was it's an accident. Right. I'm not I'm not a target out there. I would agree with that. You know, I've, I've addressed it head on with him. I mean, I, I, I have to ask those questions, and, and he gave me great answers, and, uh, you know, there's no fear. Um, so the simulated game was like a little bit of a test. He's out there, and he's there, you know, he's got live hitters and what have you, but it's not a game. Yeah. Uh, so the real test was really going out there and his uh, game at Visalia and pitching and, and uh, you know, competing, and he didn't have any kind of uh, reaction to, to anything. And, Jody, I, I, I just thought that was so important. I, I love the fact that Robbie said, look, it's a freak accident. But as you know, and I've lived through it, there is no roadmap to, to move beyond a concussion. The hardest thing for me to deal with in, in moving past it was understanding you're going to have good days. And what you want to have is more good days than bad, but understanding that you will have a bad day or two along the way. And, and, and you have to be able to process that and accept that and shut it down when you have one. And you can't race yourself back. And, I, and that's the one thing I like about what the Diamondbacks did, but also how Robbie, he's so steady and calm, cool, and collected about the process of moving back. But when I heard, as I said in the year just moments ago, when I heard that he slept 18 hours the day after that hit ball hit his head, to me that was a very clear and shocking reminder of the, of the power of that ball hitting him in the head. I, I remember yeah. that feeling. And so this is a, this is a good story. And then, it's, it's one that I think we need to celebrate and how everyone handled that return. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully he does, you know, just progress. But you're right. When you log a concussion and, you know, just from covering athletes over the years and, and just like yourself having to deal with it, it can happen to anyone. But, you know, you're kind of on the clock when you begin, you know, your athletic career or your life, really. And like, you know, you you're never going to be maybe quite the same, but you're going to, you're going to recover, which is the great news. And, and you, and he's resilient mm -hmm. just like you're resilient. And, you know, hopefully um, he's not feeling the effects again. That's, I, and I, I'm sure that's why they were so careful with him because you know that even oh, though yeah, it's not going to be the same, it's going to, you, if you recover more fully, then as you go and push forward and you're, you know, then you're going to have less bad days. Yep. I, I remember and I'll move on past this, but I just remember waking up every day asking myself and asking out loud to anyone around me, is this the day I'm better? I mean, you just can't live that way. You just cannot function that way. And that, and that ate at me for 30, 60 days. Like, okay, is this the day? And then you look around and then something pops up, something weird happens, and it's, it's maddening. You know, like I said many times, I wish I'd broken my legs. <laughs> well, you're, <laughs> there's no good body part <laughs> no. to injure, but you know, when you're, it's your no. head, you know, you no. talk about your head, yep. your neck, your back, yep. I mean, but your, your head, it really defies everything that it's like, you know, it, you're like you said, functioning, very difficult to function. So yep. uh, I definitely, it's tough. Um, I, I don't think we have time to talk about the injury to Jeff Mathis, but I think we should touch on that maybe when we get back and, and how it will impact this team. And I know you know clearly his magnitude and, and the loss of him, but I, I do want to get to the weekend that lies ahead in the homestand because, Jody, you're going to be carrying the ball for that. And this is going to be, first of all, it's the Giants and the Dodgers, but, but what's going on over the weekend that all of baseball is doing? 
Well, it's Players Weekend, and it's funny because we kind of look toward August 25th. That's going to be this kind of cool thing that MLB is doing, letting the guys show some personality, and it is happening this weekend. So, you know, in honor of that, we've kind of bantered about with our favorite nicknames and things like that. And all the guys, a lot of the guys have a cool nickname. Zach Greinke is going to just have Greinke on the back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's going he's going with the classic, but uh, – a lot of good, a lot of good nicknames. Archie's Hollywood, which I don't think is too surprising either. No, no. His nickname. But... Are you, are you uh, Action Jackson or what are you? I don't know. You know, I mean, over the years, a lot of people just dropped JJ on me, but mm-hmm. um, I have a jersey. I don't think so. I'm okay unless we're gonna. We may do something a little bit creative on the pregame though with this. So keep an eye out for tomorrow's pregame, six o'clock from Chase Field. We'll kind of, kind of keep an eye on all of this. I think I said the one that I really liked was Kyle Seeger. Uh, did I'm Corey's brother. So, <laughs> if your identity is your nick, if your identity is what you're wearing on Players Weekend, then poor Kyle, because he's a great major league player in his own right. But uh, it'll be fun to see what everybody has. You know, the Giants are coming in, and mm-hmm. you know, and we'll kind of celebrate this idea of. of Get a little more personality out there with the jerseys, and then I believe they are being auctioned for charity, so it's a great cause. I, I floated some today. John the Count Montefusco, one of my all-time favorite nicknames, uh, Dick Dirt Tidro, because he looked like a big pile of dirt. And <laughs> of course, uh, Julio, won't you let me take you on a sea cruise? Or I forget. Anyways, have fun with that. I will be watching. I'm just like I, I, I was job. trying to dig through, and I, you know, just just the wizard was was one of my favorites. I guess because I grew up watching yeah. Smith. So I just, you know, that's kind of a. I'll have to dig a little bit down into the memory bank of some of the players back in the day. It'll be fun. All right. I uh, I know it's been a long trip, and it's had its ups and downs, <laughs> but things are looking up, Todd. Are, I, all... I feel they're looking up. I, I do too. As I said on the the final pregame show here in New York, it's not just about now who won or lost last night when you're talking about the wild card. You're also flipping days off the calendar. And even when you get a, a push night like they had after game three where the Rockies lost in Southern Arizona, that's a day off the calendar. And you're yeah. still ahead of them, and I like that. So if you don't mind, i got to run back because I, I, I have not seen one minute of this game. So I probably should go back out there. <laughs> You'll catch up. Oh, wow. We're com- it's one nothing. Oh, the bases are loaded. Well, do, do you mind if I – can I can I throw it to a musical ending here? Do you, do, do you mind? Absolutely. No, go right okay. ahead. I'm, I'm really excited about this. They're in my top 10 bands of all time. They're a band that you might remember from the 80s called The Fix. I have oh, been yes. in, I'm enamored with them since I first saw and heard the video uh, to Red Skies at Night. I've, I've chased them all over the country a few times. They're coming to a venue, Jody, that I've never been to. and I've driven by it for years and years and years off the 101, the Musical Instrument Museum. They have back-to-back sold-out shows Saturday and Sunday night. And I'm just, I'm delighted to go there. I went and toured the place the other day. I saw the venue. It's very, it's going to be a very, very quaint atmosphere. They're such a good band. They're better than they were in the 80s. I did not know and, they had concerts there. I had no idea. I've been there with uh, a school trip. And it is, yeah, a, great, I didn't either. It is a great place. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And, and I, want to, I want to end this with a, with a live version of a song. In the, in the late 90s when I was still doing rock and roll radio at KDKB in the afternoons, The Fix came in studio. And they did an acoustic set. They were going to play at the old Cajun house in Scottsdale, which was such a cool rock venue. But um, they came in, their lead singer, Cy Kernan, one of the great interviews and the great guys in, in rock and roll. And he played the song Saved by Zero acoustically. And he told the story, and I think everyone can relate to this. I said, well, what's the song about? Because, you know, it's about when you, you think you've hit rock bottom. 
but you really can't because you can only go to zero. So sometimes you can be saved by zero. So I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I lost the live version of that. It's somewhere in Todd's garage, I think, on a reel-to-reel tape. But oh, I hope you find it. You will. I, I will, but I do have a version that is close to this. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go back to the game here at City Field. I'll see you over the weekend at Chase Field or beyond Jody Jackson. But this is The Fix All right, live, saved by zero. Thanks for listening to the Todd and Jody podcast on Fox Sports Arizona. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter.